Good morning. Oh, man, Wednesday. Okay, guys, uh, Romans chapter 6. So look at your Bible. Open it up. Find Romans, Romans chapter 6. Um, I, I don't know if you guys are taking uh, notes. If you are, um, then I want you to just think about uh, doing something if you're taking notes in this, uh, this booklet here. Is that most of you guys taking notes in this? Okay. If you are, um, like if you're opening up to a page, um, I want to encourage you to do this. Draw two circles, one not touching each other, but one above and one below, just a circle that kind of represents the face of a clock. So I just want you to do that. If, if you're taking notes, it's probably the easiest way to be able to check out what we're going to be talking about today. So if you do that, um, and, uh, and then I'll tell you what to do with those circles, what to write. You're going to write some things on the outside of those circles, kind of like at 12 o'clock, then 3 o'clock, then 6 o'clock, and then 9 o'clock. That makes sense? She, she's going, no, it doesn't make any sense at all. But 12 o'clock would be the top of the circle, 3 o'clock, then 6 o'clock, and then 9 o'clock. So um, last night we went over a really powerful powerful thing a higher power and it's the power of repentance remember that remember what real repentance includes it includes me saying what three things this is sin this is a really big deal and this is all my fault that is huge repentance is huge when we repent when we truly repent like david did not like saul did but when we truly repent we are completely cleansed we are completely restored back into relationship with god and that is huge but i'm here to tell you this morning you guys get this the plan of repentance is plan b repentance is a backup plan and I want to tell you today this thing that I didn't even know for a long time. I didn't even know this is uh, there was even a better plan that even existed. I just thought this is just how it was in life. But there's actually a better way to actually live the Christian life than I even thought there was for years. Here's what I thought the Christian life was. And here's what I want you to do with the top circle. And this is just what happens in our lives, living on this planet, around sin, whatever else. At 12 o'clock noon on the top of the circle, just write somewhere they're either... Uh, 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 just outside of it, maybe, and write down, I'm tempted. Like I'm tempted to sin. Are we tempted a lot? Yes. And temptation just happens all the time. By the way, it is not wrong to be tempted. I think sometimes people think like, well, I shouldn't be tempted by this. That means I'm so weak because, of, you know, if I wasn't so weak, this wouldn't tempt me. I wouldn't be tempted to sit in this way, to say something like this or to do something like this or to keep thinking this way. I, I Man, if I just was stronger, you guys, Jesus was tempted. And how strong was he? He's God. He was tempted. And it even says in the book of Hebrews, he was tempted just like we are. Temptation is not sin. Temptation is not wrong. Temptation doesn't mean you're weak. It's just temptation. So we're tempted. Now this is where it kind of falls off, maybe what, what we do with temptation and what Jesus did with temptation. Because just because you're, tempt you're tempted, you don't necessarily have to sin. But usually, this is what I kept finding out in my life, that if I'm tempted enough, and I'm tempted long enough, what usually happens? Then I sin. So at three o'clock, right down, I sin. So it's kind of like going and kind of think about it clockwise. 
I'm tempted, and then eventually I sin. And then this is kind of how my life just kept going. Then eventually I learned what you guys just learned last night. I learned about confession, repentance. And so that at six o'clock, right down, I repent or I confess. Whichever one you want to write down there. Okay, so I'm tempted. Then eventually what do I do? I sin. Then eventually, eventually what do I do? I confess. And then at nine o'clock, write down, I'm restored. My relationship is back in a healthy way with God. It's like, hey, we're starting over again. This is good. We're, it's okay. And you guys, that's, that's a cycle. And some of you guys are going, seriously, some of you guys are going, PJ, you are describing my life. This is my life. And actually, there was somebody even asked me like the second day here at camp. They said, PJ, so when we get to heaven, are we finally going to be set free from this whole like sin thing, this whole sin cycle, whatever else, you know, whatever you want to call it, the repentance cycle. Um, and I actually told them then, which is what I'm going to tell you about today. I said, actually, there's a plan way before heaven that you could be set free from this circle. Now, the circle's great. Because there's a repent, there's a reason for it that when you sin, you can repent and be restored. So you're not helpless and hopeless, just left off to the curb. You know, you can continue on with your life with God, even though you have sin in your life because you have repentance. It's great. In fact, right in the middle of the circle, right in the middle of it, write down repentance. This is to remind you, this is the kind of the repentance cycle. And you guys, I thought for a long time that that's just how life is. And, it, and, and sometimes the circle goes really fast. Sometimes it goes slow. I like, like I'm tempted and I don't, I don't sin right away, but eventually I'll sin. So maybe it's five minutes later. Maybe it's a hours later, whatever it is, but eventually I'll sin. And then even from sinning to, to repentance might be really short. I might repent right away. I might not repent right away, but eventually I do. Now, the one that's immediate, the one that happens no matter what really fast is when there's true repentance, I'm truly restored. God doesn't think about it. Well, let me think about it. This is the, you know, you, you, you come to me so much. I don't know if I should do it. He doesn't do that. If it's true repentance, you're restored. And then eventually, I don't know how long it'll be. I'm tempted again. And then, but I, but the point is that I just keep going through that cycle. And then I thought one day I'll finally die, go to heaven and finally be set free from this cycle. And God showed me, I think patiently, but he showed me, PJ, that is not the plan. That's plan B. That's the backup plan. Yeah, it's important. It needs to be there, and we'll see why. But that's not the plan. And for some of you guys, you're going, what do you mean? Then what's the plan? Let's look at it. Romans chapter 6. Guys are there? Here we go. And I'm reading for an, from an NIV Bible, that translation. But here it is. It probably says something like this. He starts out with saying, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? He asked this question. Like Paul just asked this question. Right after he talks about in chapter 5, he talks about how incredible God's grace is. You know what he says in chapter 5? He says, you can't out-sin God's grace. In other words, you're not going to sin so much that God's grace can't cover your sin. We're not going to go through the, the, the repentance cycle so many times that finally God will say, that's enough, I can't handle it anymore, 
I can't give you any more grace. Like you got the, it's, it's not like you have the repentance cycle 100 times and after 100 times it's done. You can go through the repentance cycle a million times and it will not be done. That makes sense? Now that makes some people start thinking, well then what's the big deal? Then let's just keep on doing, let's just keep on sinning and then God will just keep on forgiving. And that's when Paul says, is that really how we should be thinking? Is that really the plan? Because the repentance cycle works, is it really what's best? Is it really the higher power? Is it really the higher way of doing it? And he says this, he goes, so should we just continue to sin so that we can continue to be forgiven? And then look what he answers. How does he answer it in, in verse two? What does he say? By no means. Some people, some verses, God forbid. Oh my. It's kind of like saying, are you kidding me? Like, why in the world would you stay on this repentance cycle? Why? And for me, I was thinking, well, it's because it's all I know. And so he even says, he goes, by no means, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? He goes, man, you have died to sin. He's going to explain what that looks like. You're not a slave of sin anymore. So why do you keep acting like it? And then it's almost like Paul goes, wait a second. Maybe you don't know there's a better way. Maybe you didn't know that you don't have to continue to sin. And he says this, he goes, or don't you know, look at verse three. Or don't you know, maybe you don't know this, that all of us who, who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. What That word baptism, now I know I, I think about like when I'm baptized, like have you ever seen somebody get baptized in water? When he says baptized here, look, the word is just a, it's a word that means to be placed into. That's what the word means. So we see somebody being somebody being baptized in water. They're being placed into the water, which represents something else. But it's it, he's not talking. It doesn't necessarily mean he's talking about that kind of baptism. And I don't think he is here because he says not every single one of us that are Christians have been baptized. But he says every single one of us um, who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were all placed into Jesus Christ. Like when we were connected to him, hey, we're, you're abiding in me. And he says, all of us that were connected to Jesus were baptized, were placed into his death. We all died. This is so weird. We all died with Jesus Christ. And then he says this, we were therefore buried with him through baptism, through being placed into him, into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Just like Jesus died and was buried and rose from the dead and he came back to life, we all died. All of us who decided to hand our lives over to Jesus Christ on Monday night, in that moment, the old you died. The person you were died and was buried and you were risen up from the grave in that moment as a new person. You guys ever heard the word, the, the phrase being born again? Yeah. yeah, it's another way of saying, you know, somebody being saved. Why is that phrase being born again? Because you're literally born all over again. The old you died when you became a follower of Jesus, was buried, and a new person rose from the dead. 
That's what happened so that you could live a new kind of life. So you don't have to keep living a life that's like enslaved to sin. And then he explains it even more. Look what he says. He says, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, in verse 5, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. He goes, man, this really has to happen. If we die with Jesus, we're going to be raised with Jesus. And he says, because we know, or we should know, verse 6, we know that our old self, just like I was talking about, our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. You died. You were crucified with Jesus. It's so weird. It spiritually happens. It's, it's a miracle. You died with Jesus on the cross. You were buried with him and you were raised up as a new person, now no longer a slave of sin, but a new kind of creation, able to live a new kind of life. See, this is why Paul's saying, why would you keep on living a life that just keeps on falling into sin, which keep on sinning and sin? You don't have to. You're a different person now. But maybe you don't know that. Maybe you don't know. And that's the first thing you have to do. You have to know something. You have to know that you're different. Because if I keep thinking that I'm a slave of sin, the power of belief is really huge. If I continue to believe that I'm just a slave of sin, but just a forgiven slave of sin, you know, it's good to have repentance. I'm just forgiven. But I really believe I'm still a slave of sin. I have to continue to, to do what sin tells me to do. What will I end up doing all the time? Sin. If I will never stop sinning unless I know that I don't have to. But if I think I have to, then I just keep will. I just keep, I'll just keep sinning. And he says, man, you need to understand you're, you're something different now. You're a new kind of person. And when he says like, hey, anyone who has died has been set free from sin. You, know, you used to be a slave of sin, but now you died. Here's the deal. Here's what he's saying, you guys. In the Roman Empire, there was people that were slaves. And a lot of times people were slaves for life. And when we were slaves of sin, we were slaves for life. For life. There is only two ways, two ways, somebody be, can be set free from being a slave to somebody else for life. Can you think of either one of those two ways that can end that slavery? Can you think, what, what, what is it? No, you're slaves for life. Nobody can buy you out. It's done. You're slaves for life. What are the only two ways that you could be out of that relationship? What? What'd you say? Die. You die. And when I die, am I still a slave of that person? No. There is another way that I think is actually a better way, personally. And that is if who else dies? The master dies. If the master dies... I'm slave to him for life. If the master dies, I'm no longer a slave. Now, that's the one I prefer, right? But it, there is another way I can get out of it, which is if I die. What's amazing is that God says, you know what? That's the same thing it is with you and sin. But instead of having the master die, instead of having sin die, I'm going to have you die. And I go, man, what are you doing? He's got, it's like he says, PJ, I love you so much, I'm going to put you to death but I'm not going to leave you there. And then I'm going to raise you up as a new person. So here I am as a slave of sin. And then God 
puts me to death, buries me, and then I'm raised from the dead, and now I'm no longer a slave to sin because that's over, I died, and now I'm raised as a new person with a new master, and now I have God as my master. And that's the relationship that I have now. That's the relationship that you have now. Sin is still alive and well. Sin is still just as powerful as it's always been. But something happened to you. You changed. You're a new person. And now it says this. Look at this. Now he's just, He just makes sure of one other thing. He says, now if we died with Christ, and we have, he says in verse 8, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. What does Paul say? He says, how many times did Jesus die? How many times? Once. How many times was he buried and rose from the dead? Once. That's all he's saying here. Remember, it only happened with Jesus one time. Jesus doesn't have to continue to keep dying and dying and dying over again for our sins. One time for all, it's done, it's over once, it's done. And then he says in verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. There are some people who might start thinking, well, I'm alive to Jesus Christ, but then I sinned again. Well, now I'm a slave of sin again, and now I need to die again, and now I need to, oh, now I need to, you know, walk with God again. And now, no, no, you died to sin one time, that's it. You are no longer a slave of sin. You're never going to be a slave of sin ever again. Even if you act like it, it'll never happen. You are a slave to God, and it'll always be forever. Same thing as Jesus. Then he says the next thing, but I'm going to have you guys do this on your, hand, on, on your notes. On the circle on the bottom, I want you to write something else. Well, same thing on the top. At 12 o'clock, this is a new way of doing things. At 12 o'clock, write down, I'm tempted. So just like the repentance cycle, because I'm tempted. Has anything happened to sin? No. Sin is just as powerful. Sin is still just there. We're just as tempted as we ever have been. I'm tempted. But now at 3 o'clock, there's a new way of doing things whenever you're tempted now. And it's not just to sin. It's to take a moment and write down this. I remember what I am. If you're not taking those, kind of just imagine in your head. I'm tempted, and then what should I do when I'm tempted? What, what does Paul say to do? What does God's word say to do when you're tempted? Remember what you are. In other words, that when I'm tempted, I should be able to, in that moment, remember, hold it. I, I died to sin. Sin is no longer my master. I'm not a slave of sin. It's not, it's not the controlling thing of me. I am a slave of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. I've been given a new life in order to live a new way. I don't have to continue to just do what sin wants me to do. Do you think about that? See, the problem is I don't think about that. Does that make sense? I don't think about it. I'm just tempted and then I just kind of just try to wing it. Take a moment. And just go, wait a second. Wait a second. I don't have, I don't have to follow this temptation. I am a new kind of person now. And then he says this. Look what he says in verse 12. He says, therefore, since it's true 
that you're a different kind of person. You've been raised from the dead. You're a new, you're a new creation to walk a new kind of life. You're not a slave of sin anymore. You're a slave of righteousness. You're a slave of God. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Don't let sin keep winning. And then I thought, well, how do you do that? And he says, and we're just going to read the first part of verse 13. It says this, don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. Stop offering yourself to sin. Stop just giving in to sin. As, a, as, as like your master, as though it's your master. Don't stop doing that. Guys, I, now I stopped right there because I actually thought like when I heard this for the first time that I'm a new kind of person, I'm a, I'm a new creation. You're like, oh, wow, this is incredible. I'm dead to sin. This is what I tried to do. When I was tempted, the next time I was tempted, it's kind of like I went like this. Wait a second, sin? You're not, you're not my master anymore. I don't have to obey, obey you. I don't have to, do, to give in to you. I am not going to give myself to you. And it's like sin, if sin was a person, if sin was like a real master, this is what sin would do. Laugh at me. <laughs> exactly. And go, okay, PJ, try your best. And I would. And you know what I'd end up doing? Sinning. I'd end up sinning. Because you guys, here's the truth. Even though I'm a new kind of person, even though I'm no longer a slave of sin anymore, this is the truth. Sin is more powerful than me. Sin's more powerful than me. I'm not created to be more powerful than sin. We went over this, right? Sin is the second most powerful thing in the universe. Who's more powerful than sin? Me? Who's the only person who's more powerful than sin? God. That's the only one who can defeat sin. The only one who can overpower sin is God. Sin overpowers everybody else. So this is what I thought. That I thought, well, hold it, but I'm a new creation. I died and I was, you know, I'm a no, I'm a new person. I'm I'm a slave of God now, and you're never gonna have me again. And sin goes, <laughs> you're go go ahead and try. That's actually what Adam and Eve tried to do. If you want to have proof, you guys, Adam was not created a slave of sin, was he? He wasn't created that way. And when Adam and Eve sinned, the reason why Adam and Eve sinned is not because they, they were like, uh, uh, they were, you know, uh, trusting God. The reason why they sinned is because they stopped depended on God and depended on themselves in that moment. In fact, that's what the temptation was. You don't have to depend on God. You can just depend on yourself. And then they sinned. They didn't sin because they were a slave of sin. They sinned and then they became slaves of sin. That's what happened. Because they weren't created to try to handle sin on their own. That's what they tried to do. We're going to try to handle sin on our own. You're never created that way. It's just not how we are. We're created as dependent people. So I tried and tried and tried, and maybe you have too. Maybe you've been, maybe you're even kind of going, I think I even kind of knew that I'm a new kind of person. I don't have, you know, I don't have to sin anymore. I'm not a slave to sin anymore. But how come I keep on sinning? It's because you're trying, you're trying really hard to stop sinning. 
And the Christian life is not about trying, it's about trusting. I didn't read the last part of verse 13, which changes everything. He says in verse 13, don't offer any, don't, don't offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather do something else instead. It's not just saying no to sin. It's about doing something instead of saying no to sin. He says, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master because you are under, not under the law, but under grace. He goes, stop offering yourself to sin, but don't stop reading. Instead, who should we be offering ourselves to? To God. Instead, offer yourself to God. It's not just about saying no to sin. It's about saying yes to God. In that moment that we're being tempted. So on that circle, write this. I'm tempted, then I remember what I am. Okay, that's great. Now do, do this. I offer myself to God instead of sin. I offer myself to God at six o'clock. I offer myself to God instead of sin. When you're tempted, what just goes in your head? And I think some of us that we're tempted, sometimes we're tempted and we're like, I like this temptation. I don't even want to say yes to God. I'm, let's be honest. I'm choosing this sin. I like this sin. I like being this way then repentance is needed. But that's why some, but even if we're just going, I don't want to sin this way. A lot of times when I'm tempted, I just try not to sin. Instead of really in my mind, purposefully handing my life over to God in that moment. Handing my life over to the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me in that moment. Because I can't overpower sin. Sin's too powerful for me. The Holy Spirit who lives in me is more powerful. God is the only one who can defeat sin, but God does live in you. So hand yourself over to God in that moment. This is crazy, you guys. When I've been tempted and I've done this, tempted and I remember maybe who I, wait a second, I'm, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a slave of sin anymore. I'm a slave of God. And then I, and then I do this. I start praying. God, I just want to give my life to you. I just want you to be in control of my life. I know I can't handle this sin on my own. I know I can't do this on my own. So I just want to continue to just keep on giving my, I'm just going to continue to give my life to you, give my life to you. I'm just going to hand myself over to you. And do you know what happens? I don't sin. In fact, write that down at nine o'clock. I offer myself to God instead of sin. And then something incredible happens. I don't sin. What's amazing with this understanding of this cycle, when I don't sin now because I'm trusting God in that moment, remember it's about trusting him, because I'm saying yes to God, because I'm saying, I'm, I'm just consciously going, hey, I want to give you my life. I want you to have your way with me. I'm giving my life to you in this moment. When I don't sin, I never say, hey, God, check it out. I didn't sin. Asking for God to pat me on my back. 
Hey, look at that. Hey, isn't that great? I overcame sin. Can I say that? No. Who overcame sin? God did in my life. And at the end of this moment that I don't sin, now I have to say, God, thank you so much for doing this through me. Because I know I cannot say no to this sin on my own. Thank you. If that's how it is after you sin or after you're tempted and you don't sin and you're thanking God and you're thanking the Holy Spirit for working your life, then you've just done it in the right way. Thank you. Now, what happens at 12 o'clock? I'm tempted. Temptation doesn't end, you guys. And then what, what, do I, what should I do? Remember what I am? And then what should I do? Offer myself to God in that moment. And then I don't sin. Again, the problem is, you guys, when we're tempted, a lot of times we don't even think about this. So you guys, I want you to try to renew your mind. Start just memorize this cycle. And right in the middle of this cycle, instead of repentance, write down victory. In the middle of this circle. Underneath that, write down plan A. Plan A. And in the other circle on repentance, write down plan B. Here's how these two cycles work together. And here's how, you guys, I have found how I grow as a Christian. When you think about, well, how do you grow as a Christian? How do you continue to just continue to become more and more like Jesus? Especially in obedience, right? You want to, we want to continue to be more and more obedient like Jesus was. We want to continue to have victory over sin more and more and more in our lives. This is kind of how I found out how it works, you guys. When I finally found out about this victory cycle, I was not used to it at all. And when I faced sin, I just did what I always did. Try to handle it on my own, and I would sin. And then I would repent. And then keep doing it. I didn't really, it was hard for me to go, oh, wow, there's a whole new way to think, whole new way. I got to really just really kind of retrain my mind and retrain the way I, I look at things when I'm tempted. But when I did, I remember the first time that I went, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to remember what, who I am. I'm going to give myself, I'm going to like actually like pray during this time and give myself to God in this time. And then I didn't sin. And it's like the first year that I realized there was a victory cycle. It's kind of like this. I was on the, the repentance cycle 99% of the time. And I had, you know, that one time that I was like, wow, it, this, wow, this is incredible. Thank God. Thank you, God. I just handed my life over to you and I didn't sin because you're, you're more powerful than sin. And I gave my life to you. And then the second year, it's like 95% on the repentance cycle and 5% on the victory cycle. And then as time went on, I was 60% of the time I'm on the repentance cycle. And then 40% on the victory cycle. And as time went on, I remember there's a time, whoa, there's a time in your life, there's a time in your life, you guys, where this happens. You're 49% of the time on repentance and 51% of the time you're walking in victory. And then 70, 30, 80%, 20%. As you keep going through life, you guys, you are on the victory cycle just more than you were. Don't compare yourself with other people. 
Just compare yourself with where you were in the past. Guys, because the, the, the repentance cycle is still needed, isn't it? Because when I get off the victory cycle, if I, if I do sin, if I go, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember who I am, I just think I'm a slave, or I just decide to sin, or I don't hand my life over to God in that moment, I just hand myself, my life over to sin. Now what, I, now what do I need to do? Now I'm on the repentance cycle. What do I need to do when I sin? Repent. This is sin. This is a really big deal. This is all my fault. And then what happens after we do that? We are restored. But then get right back on the victory cycle. So do you see what I mean by the repentance cycle is the backup plan? Is the backup plan when we do fail on the victory cycle to get us back, not to stay on there, but to get us back on the victory cycle. And as time goes on, you guys, I'm telling you, as time goes on, and you keep retraining the way you look at sin and how you deal with sin by, by giving yourself to him. I'm telling you, as time goes on, you're more and more on the victory cycle and praising him for it and less and less continuing having to, having to repent. Does that make sense? So maybe even think about where you are in your life right now. Maybe you didn't even know about the victory cycle. And what are you going to do now? How do you want to be different now? How do you want to deal with sin now? Let me pray for us. God, thanks so much for our time. Us being able to just go over this higher power. And it's not ours. We don't have power. We, we, God, we've never had more power than sin. Even though we're your children now, we can't overpower sin. If Adam couldn't do it and he was created perfect, how can we do it? Even though we've been restored. Oh God, we remember that you created us, us as dependent people. And if we're not dependent upon you, we will become dependent upon sin. So in those moments that we're tempted, God, I pray we remember, we would remember that we can't handle sin, but you can. And I pray we would just continually hand our lives over to you. And then if we're tempted, even five seconds after that, even with the same, tem the same temptation, we would just keep doing it again. And then be able to praise you for the victory that you have in our lives over sin. Not ours. We're not doing this for you. You're doing this through us. And we thank you. In your name, amen.